Aloha, I'm Abe, and this is Abe's Ukulele Podcast. This podcast is for players and teachers that want to get better at playing and teaching. Every episode, I sit down and talk story with some of the best names in the ukulele world, expanding our knowledge and just getting to know more about this wonderful little instrument. Today's episode is a special feature for the Ukulele Festival of Hawaii 2021, happening on Oahu, July 18th. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I do this as often as I can, and it's always a good time. To learn more about me or hear more episodes, check out ukpodcast.com. That's ukepodcast.com. But let's get started with today's guests. Joe and Kristen Souza are the owners and founders of Kanilea Ukulele. They were both born and raised in Kailua on the Hawaiian island of Oahu. With Kristen's background in customer sales and accounting, and Joe's passion for the ukulele, this dynamic duo has been creating and sharing Hawaiian masterpieces since 1998. So I have here uh, Joe and Kristen Souza on the phone. Thank you so much. Good morning. Aloha. Uh, thank you for joining me. Aloha, Ape. Yeah, thank you for having us. Good morning. Aloha. Yeah, it's great to see you again, Joe. And it's nice to meet you, Kristen. Um, so first of all, I really wanted to just talk to you about Kanilea and what has been going on. Like, how has the pandemic been treating you? Um, what's new? Hmm. Well, you know, that that that's a pretty exciting question, honestly, because there there, there has been challenges over the last year plus at this point, um, you know, navigating through those challenges is never easy decisions that come from, uh, you know, some of, some of really what's out of our control, you know, and the decisions that have to be made for we as Kanilea, you know, as a company, as, uh, a family, as a crew, you know, cause we have really, a a big responsibility to all of our our team as far as who works in our shop and our production and then also you know administratively and uh, interestingly uh, pretty early on in the pandemic uh, we we got uh, kind of thrown off a little and I can explain what I mean by that is um you know at our uh Current location where our where our production takes place, we had uh, subleased our little showroom and our what we call the front office, you know, which is basically mm-hmm. our office, and all of our administration was there. And pretty much to sum it up, our our neighbor needed the space back. Mm-hmm. He was downsizing, or he was going through some, you know, of his own business decisions, and he needed the space back, and it put us in a little pickle because we really didn't have more space to create a showroom and, uh, you know, the office space that we needed. So, you know, Kristen has always been great at thinking through those kind of challenges. And what came to her mind was uh, to actually reach out and contact uh, Winward Mall, 
And maybe Kristen can share a little bit on how that went. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I contacted Winter Mall and spoke with the leasing manager and I asked her if she had any space and she almost fell off her chair and she's like, what? Of course, we'll have wherever you want. We, we've always wanted Kanila in the mall and you guys are so active in the community with the ukulele club and with all of your artists and the music and the ukuleles and what you bring. And she's like, of course, we want you here no matter what, whatever we have to do. And so I said, okay, well, can we move in tomorrow? <laughs> and she's like, sure. Oh. And so we, we came down and looked at a few different locations here in the mall and brought the boys with me because ultimately they're responsible for making the final decisions. And we selected the spot we're in now and it's stunning. Um, the boys all put their heads together and designed the entire new space with store, recording studio, we have a private viewing room, we have a classroom, we have our offices, storage, and this place is fantastic. It's really nice and large. And then we can still have our Mele Mo'olelo, which are intimate concerts right here. We actually now have more space. So we can continue to have artists come in and share their music along with their story of how and why they wrote these songs. And you get to sit right there with them uh, one-on-one and ask questions and request songs. So it's been fantastic. And hopefully if you're in Hawaii, you come by the store and we'll show you around and throw you out in front of the camera and get some <laughs> get some new music out of you and stuff. But uh, yeah, we have, we have an amazing team with all of these artists who can record people and mm. And we can teach here and it's just the hub as, as we're the, that hub of ukulele community um, here. And so the mall was, was very gracious and really helped us. And we moved in within five days. Well, moved in to start renovating. We didn't have the place done for a couple months, but mm-hmm. they, they opened their doors and said, come on in. Wow. So we really amazing. appreciate Winter Mall. Yeah. yeah, it is. And it, it happened so quickly and, you know, interestingly enough, it, it, it kind of happened, you know, during one of the shutdowns because the state of Hawaii went through, you know, different eras of shutdowns. Mm-hmm. But it happened during one of the shutdowns, which, you know, allowed us to kind of refocus our efforts and not necessarily so much as ukulele builders, but able to come in and, you know, roll up our sleeves and really get involved with. Uh, creating the space here at the store slash showroom um, to, you know, get it done in that sense to really like, I don't know, maybe in eight weeks or so. Cause basically it was a, it was a blank space, you know, mm-hmm. it was a, 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 a blank canvas or an open rectangle to say, <laughs> but coming in and, um, you know, creating the office, which was one of the priorities uh, creating the classroom because, you know, that educational component is, is so important to us for uh, our community and making that space or creating that space, which, you know, in essence, we really, we did in our old location uh, where we had uh, Dr. Trey, Trey Tarada, who, you know, interestingly enough is Jake Shimabukuro's teacher, mm-hmm. but also 
a uh, you know phenomenal player, phenomenal teacher. So he basically uh, used our showroom during the off hours, you know, after hours for the shop and uh, during the weekend hours where he would conduct his lessons and, um, you know, teach his students to say. So that w- that component was already in place. Of course, COVID kind of put all of those little projects to say to the, to the side, but in that we're able to create the space to be able to now have the lessons more, more in a, in a, kind of a classroom setting to mm-hmm. say that, you know, a parent, auntie, uncle, grandma, grandpa, you know, bring their child, niece, nephew, grandchild, and have them come to learn ukulele. And whether it's on a private lesson or even in a group lesson, uh, and even recognizing social distancing to be able to create the space where that could take place. Mm-hmm. And of course, the showroom, which ended up just being phenomenal. You know, the boys did an amazing job of designing the showroom and really creating a one-of-a-kind experience for any customer who loves ukulele or who just loves looking at, um, you know, the beauty or the, the craftsmanship or the artistry that that we as luthiers are able to, you know, portray onto our instrument. You know, we have people who are you know, classic woodworkers who come in and they just admire the work, mm-hmm. you know, admire the craft, the art of luthery, you know, and, and being able to see the, uh, the amount of detail and our attention to detail that we put into our instrument. So it's really exciting. Mm. You know, this new chapter to say is really exciting. Wow, that's awesome. I really love hearing the story of that because uh, I remember seeing this whole thing kind of unfold on social media and I kept thinking, wow, that's awesome. I didn't even realize like, it's almost like you were kicked out. Um, yeah. You were kicked up kind of, you know, it's that exactly space, the space, at least from afar, that space looks really amazing. Um, so yeah, props to your boys for designing it because it uh, it does make mm-hmm. me want to go there. Um, I mean, who would yeah. know? We hope you come here. Of course. We hope yeah. you come and visit. It, yeah. it's, it was cool to see the old space, and now it's like I have to go and see the upgrade. Um, so one day, yes, I will be back. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So in other new things, um, you have this 2021 Platinum model that you are, I hope, making to the end of this year. Um, but it's a limited edition, or is it not? Could you tell me a little bit about that? Uh, sure. Uh, the Platinum was really an uh, opportunity that creatively came together, you know, with with the team to to kind of maybe lift the boundaries a little bit from a builder's point of view to allow the creativity and then the artistry to be put onto an instrument, in this case, the platinum, which allows us to really showcase what's new and exciting in Kanilea. And last year, the 2020 platinum, we touched on it a bit where it was a collaborative instrument, meaning, you know, we had all of our sons involved in the design. And 2021, we, we kept that in a, in a, in a very unique way, because you know, all, although all three boys are involved in the company, 
in this case, we actually had Kahiao, who is our youngest of our three sons, really be involved in the design of the platinum. And mm. he is an ukulele player first mm-hmm. turned ukulele builder, which kind of mirrors my journey through ukulele. But in his case, uh, I, I can say it straight out. He is a far better player than I have ever been. <laughs> At 20 years old, he he is an amazing player. But what it created in this case for him as a player and looking at how you would want your ukulele to kind of interact with you as a player Mm -hmm. and look at ways to make the ukulele just be a, a, a whole much better experience in playing and really thinking like there's no boundaries in this anywhere we can go with our platinum and so while we're doing r&d you know our research and development he there are certain components that he liked because he he's an ukulele player kind of graduated to guitar and you know plays both really you know he's really kind of embraced both in this case bringing what he found on his electric guitars and some of the the features that are on that to be able to bring it onto an acoustic instrument which evolved to today on our 2021 platinum we introduced what we call our true relief now of course Mm -hmm. for kanileo ukulele we 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 always have these true innovations that that kristen had pointed out you know our bracing which we call our true bracing total resonating ukulele bracing but in this case we have our true relief where there's literally a 15-degree slope that is put into the soundboard, which in turn, right on the what is known as the bass lower bout, or kind of the, the widest part of the instrument closest to the player's right hand, to say. Mm-hmm. You know, the upper part, where it literally just melts away. It disappears right into the sides. You don't even know that you have an ukulele sitting in your arm to say against your forearm and for the player experience it's a game changer i think what kahiao created and what he and i collaboratively figured out as far as the building of the ukulele is something that is going to change our industry i mean that's how big the platinum or the i should say the platform for the platinum allows us to create things that will change our industry. You know, mm-hmm. our Kanile cutaway, the true cutaway that we have. Of course, now we see it on, on other instruments. I mean, even on guitars, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it's not, it started from the ukulele, but now it's evolved to even seeing it on guitars. And in this case, you know, this is something that was kind of seen on a guitar, but not necessarily on an acoustic instrument to now translate that onto an acoustic instrument, the ukulele, and have something that really makes a huge difference on the experience for the player. So that's what the that's what the platinum allows. You know, the platinum allows the freedom to be able to create. And you know, we started to look at our bracing and what we discovered on our 2020 platinum, which we translated again. You know, onto our 2021, where we redesign our bracing from the ground up 
to allow for resonance, allow for sustain, volume, projection, you know, everything that you're looking for from a player's point of view on the instrument. But, you know, how do we improve on it? And even on the inside of the instrument, there's this, um, what we call uh, mass reduction, which is basically um, removing some of the mass on the soundboard of the instrument to allow for resonance. But, you know, there are challenges that got kind of put in front of us when we started to put all of these designs onto a prototype, you know, the, the first instrument with all of these different features. And, you know, the, the, the hurdle to say was really brought to our mention from one of our guys in our final assembly department, uh, Jason, who said, hey, uh, what if we got to install a pickup on this thing? And we all looked at each other like, yeah, <laughs> well, how are we going to install a pickup? <laughs> you know, because it happens, right? I mean, it, it's it's pretty common. So it led us on a on a on a kind of a different course in a sense with designing the ability to gain access to the inside of the instrument, which is really what the sound hole, traditional sound hole, kind of allows, but creating it where we can now gain access to the inside of the instrument, but still keep this. Um, bigger, more resonant soundboard that we're able to create by moving the sound hole out from basically in the middle of the, of the instrument, mm -hmm. moving it to the side. So it led us to our, 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 um, it's, it's kind of like a trap door or an access panel, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. And it was so cute, you know, when, um, we were introducing this at our, uh, our virtual, uh, uh, kind of like a like a Nanka Nam trade show, but mm -hmm. our, our virtual trade show that we did, you know, somebody said in the comments, I love it. You know, I can have my ukulele and I can put a whole bunch of snacks you know, <laughs> on the inside of the ukulele and have my snacks go with mm -hmm. me. You know, so cute, which of course that was never the design. The design was more to to look at mm -hmm. how to um, give a builder or a luthier access to the instrument to basically install a pickup or, you know, to do a repair on the instrument mm -hmm. because there, there may be a, an oops moment where later on we need access to the inside of the instrument. And and really look, thinking creatively, Kahiao and myself, creatively from a builder slash player's point of view to create what we would consider, you know, the best sounding, best playing, and really the best ukulele that anyone could possibly build today as a modern day builder hmm. that's awesome so it's just getting better and better mm -hmm. i can't wait to play one i've heard them but um especially that arm bevel i know only from uh experience playing guitars the kind of difference it makes so you know when i first saw it it's like hmm okay but i know that when i play it it's going to be a totally different experience um mm -hmm. is the because the uh, I cannot recall right now on the top of my head. I will definitely put a link in the show notes so that anyone listening can see this and hear this ukulele. Does it have a sound hole on the soundboard? Or is it just on the side? It does. Yeah, it actually has both. It has a side sound port, okay, that's right. to say. And sound hole or sound port, if you if you see it that way, because it's not really circular. It's not really mm -hmm. like a hole. Um. And Kahiao, in his design, you know, what really inspired him, and I wish he was here with us, you know, because he could share himself mm -hmm. on 
where the design or where his thought was when he was designing, you know, these sound ports to say was, um, you know, the inspiration came to him from, uh, you know, the, the, from our coal reforestation project mm-hmm. and the leaf of the core tree and how to kind of integrate that into the sound port. Mm-hmm. So really having them look like core leaves, both on the soundboard and on the side soundboard. Mm. And it, it, he nailed it. I mean, this kid is a genius, not only because he's our son, but he is literally a genius on his artistic and his uh, forward thinking as, as a builder and as a player. And to really look at what can we do to do something that you know, no one has ever done before. Mm. You know, either they never really took the time to try or they couldn't, in this case, I mean, even to think it mm. and then to take that thought and make it into something that is so magnificent, mm. you know, as far as how the ukulele interacts with you as a player. You know, it's, it's unbelievable what he's really created. Mm. Yeah. Don't you love to see it as a parent, your child? like getting better than you. <laughs> My kids oh, yeah. are still kind of young, but I, I have little moments like that every now and then where it's like, oh man, he's so much better than me. <laughs> and <laughs> it feels so good. It's not like there's no jealousy at all. Um, no. And I, I love the the dynamic of like a player designing it because it, I play a lot of video games and a lot of times that's what happens. Someone will make and design a game and then the players will get it. And then it's just like, all these problems or all these solutions just suddenly pop up and it gets remade and redesigned. And then you have something even better than before. Um, that's mm-hmm. awesome. I need to get my hands on one. So <laughs> I, I'll start <laughs> looking around the shops around me. I don't think, I don't know if they carry Connie Leah up here, but um, I just have to come back to Hawaii. We're back to this point. I need to, <laughs> I need to return. Um, okay. So we got to move on because we, we don't have that much time, but um, I really wanted to talk to you about a lot of things, including uh, the Ukulele Festival Hawaii, which you've been supporting for how long now? Well, the importance of the Ukulele Festival we see as one, bringing ukulele players together in a very unique setting. In this case, you know, virtually, which, you know, I understand our world has, has kind of become this virtual world. But when we start to find our new norm, and how that new normal becomes where we're able to meet again in, in, you know, in some form or fashion in a bigger capacity. I, I, I really believe that for, you know, the last 51 years or, you know, 50 plus years, in this case, the Ukulele Festival has really been kind of the cornerstone for what became something that, the, the ukulele to say, and, and the popularity of the ukulele, what has become something that's really on a global level. I see that the Ukulele Festival Hawaii, yes, being the first ukulele festival of its sort in the world or ever, has really become kind of the, the benchmark of what an ukulele festival is like, mm. where the ukulele is the common denominator, bringing people together and setting aside everything, you know, 
I remember the one year they had uh, the one uh, group from, there were Israeli and Palestinian children who literally, the ukulele set aside their religious indifferences and they came together and played music. And, you know, of course, played uh, traditional folk music from their area, you know, just kind of showing the versatility of the ukulele but just blew everybody away mm. as the ukulele was really the tool or the, the, the common denominator, again, that brought them all together. And, you know, to, to set aside any kind of indifference or, you know, there, there's no rules to say when you play ukulele, you just come and you play, you know, and you have fun. And that's what, that's what it should be. That's how, that's how it should be. So I think the ukulele festival is really, allowed that, you know, for everyone to come together, play, enjoy each other's uh, company. And then, of course, spend the day immersed yourself in ukulele and see some of the best ukulele playing that the world has to offer. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Thank you for sharing. Um, You already touched on one story, but I was wondering if there are any other favorite moments of yours over the years from past festivals. Yeah. You sure? <laughs> I always give Kristen a chance first, you know. <laughs> She'll tell you it's not about uh, getting me to talk, you know. <laughs> That's <laughs> easy. Thing. Uh you know, I mean, another memory that comes immediately to 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 mind is uh that that same uh group of children, you know, uh who came together and I, their name is kind of slipping from me now. It's like Ukes for Kids or something mm-hmm. like that. And you know, again, they, they, they set aside their religious indifferences, but this is what came to memory after that is, um, you know, as soon as they were done, uh, Uncle Willie K was following them. And, you know, Willie came right on and said, how do you follow that? You know, how do you follow something as amazing as this, where these children have put aside literally thousands of years of religious indifference and come together and play ukulele and really create music together. But it's so funny because he immediately picked up right into a, I I don't know the language well enough, but I'm going to safely say like an Israeli type of maybe Jewish song of sort. I'm not sure exactly, but you know, he jumped right into it and started to do the, you know, whatever it is, the mamushka or something, you know, and just so shredding it. And the kids who just left the stage are singing with him, you know, and we're watching this all kind of unveil right there. Like, wow. holy moly, you know, now Willie has got them singing too. And, you know, the, the whole, the whole vibe was just huge and everybody was loving it. And he was, you know, shredding his ukulele. And it, it, it's, it's just so special to see how the ukulele can really bring so many people together in such an amazing way. Mm, wow. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Almost yeah. like he planned it though. How would he, how would he know that like that group would be there and he has this perfect song prepared? Mm. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, he was so gifted. He had, he had yes. such a musical depth yeah. as a player. And anytime you watched uncle Willie, you know, he's going to take you on a musical journey from traditional Hawaiian to kachikachi island music to, you know, let down his hair and to, a you know, an opera classic and just nail it too. I mean, each one of those he's nailing out of the park, you know, and yeah. just takes you on this 
journey. And the ukulele was just the vehicle to allow him to take us on this journey. You know, it's so special. He's such a special man and such a, you know, amazing Hawaiian. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, we're, we are actually running out of time. So I did want to talk about one more thing. I'm talking to you on Earth Day, which I don't think is a coincidence. Um, and the last time I talked to you, you told me, uh, Joe, a little bit about your project, Reforest Hawaii. For those that don't know, Reforest Hawaii is a charity whose mission is to plant endemic Hawaiian plants and trees that will never be cut or harvested. And the goal is to restore the native forest of Hawaii. Reforest Hawaii is building a self-sustaining forest on the big island of Hawaii that will restore the natural ecosystem and absorb greenhouse gases. About 90% of Hawaii's native rainforests have been lost over the past 100 years. So... This is quite a big project you're working on. Um, so, Joe and Kristen, I was wondering, and I was really hoping to hear a bit about like how it's been going and how it's been developing. I think this is a perfect segue for Kristen to share, you know, on the type of work and what's taking place there on Hawaii Island. Um, so I'll share a little bit, but I'm sure Joe will be able to share as well. Um this project started in 2014 and it had always been in the back of our minds to be able to plant a koa tree for every ukulele that we build because we use koa wood and we wanted to give back and not in a way to give back to cut. It's not for harvest. And we'd been really busy building instruments. And so it was kind of just on the the back of our minds and one day it just happened we found this property and two days later after finding it we were moving forward and learning about reforestation and how to replenish this land that had been harvested fully harvested and now being used for cattle and when it was used for cattle it was overgrazed and then all of the invasive species came in which we now know. Back then, we didn't know all this. Mm -hmm. It was just a vision. It was something, it was in our hearts to know this is what we need to do. So it was a higher calling. And I know that we've been guided to do this. And it just happened so organically and so perfectly. And our original intention was to plant koa trees. Well, as we learned about the projects and how to create a full biodiverse forest, we learned how important all of the species are to a forest. It's not just about koa. That is the main canopy tree, which feeds the understory and has the root system, which when you are able to go to our website and read more about this, you can learn about the ecosystem that it's creating. But then we learned, okay, well, in order for the birds to have this full habitat and this full biodiverse forest, we need to plant many, many different native plants. And so we looked into pilo and we started planting pilo, mamaki, aali'i, hoava, ilima. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, we have pukiave, kolea lauli'i. Um, with this, it creates this forest. And that is a true passion of ours. And then it turned into, okay, well, kanilea, is now creating a 
a forest. And that was never the intention on like sh telling everybody, but then it was like, well, everyone wants to get involved. And how do we make sure we share this amazing journey? It's not about us, Joe and Kristen, it's about everybody and how everyone can get involved. And that's why I said, I want to plant 195,000 trees. And Joe's like, why? I said, well, there's 195 countries around the world. And Hawaii is so diverse. If you've ever been here, you'll notice that everyone you run into is a different nationality. And I didn't want it. We didn't want anyone to be left out. We want to cover everybody because you know how hard it is to get out and plant a tree. A lot of people live in apartments. They can't go plant a tree, but we can offer them that place, that opportunity to do something good, to go above and beyond and be part of something bigger than us and to give back and know that these trees are in conservation. We are protecting them and there's no intention on them ever being cut down. And a koa tree will be about 60 years old once it hits even just maturity and then can live on up to 200 years old. So these, these trees are in the ground to bring us a better life, basically, clean our water, have our watersheds be taken care of properly, to give the habitat that has been lost back to the birds, back to the insects even. Uh, it goes to that extent, the bees. And we do have a lot of work cut out for ourselves. I, I keep telling Joe, we keep creating jobs for ourselves <laughs> every time we plant a tree because um, the there's... Our theory is the four P's that has been created by Kaimana, and it's to propagate, which we have to do seed gathering, and we have to we have a big greenhouse that we've created, and we have to propagate these trees from seed so that we are planting what belongs in our area, and then once we've done that, we have to plant them, and that is a lot of work as well with site prep and getting rid of all the invasive species and then we have to protect them and with the protection we have to monitor the fence line on a daily basis we have to make sure no feral animals get in the pigs the cows the horses the llamas there's buffaloes next door here on hawaii island so there's so much involved in keeping keeping them all safe and so that the diseases don't come in. There's the spittle bug. There's koa rust. There's so many invasive diseases as well that just want to attack these beautiful these beautiful trees. And the other, so there's um, propagate, mm -hmm. plant, uh, prepare. So say prepare, prep. preparation, mm -hmm. and protection. Mm -hmm. Those are the whole process. And the protection will be a lifetime job. Um, it's not just Put the tree in the ground you're done mm -hmm. I, I wish it was that easy and you know we have people my dad included he says oh pff, you guys are gonna go plant trees how hard is it get a shovel dig a hole you're done <laughs> i said yeah dad come on <laughs> so we had him actually plant his own tree my mom and dad together because we want to have something to remember them doing right mm -hmm. and having their mm -hmm. contribution and it took my dad an hour to dig the hole wow. he's like sweating we're at four thousand foot elevation mm -hmm. and he's like this is a lot harder than i thought <laughs> i said yes and we're in rock we're in lava mm -hmm. we're on hawaii island the island is lava 
and to dig a hole that's 12 inches deep by five inches wide for this, the devil, it's a, it's a pot that is holding this tree. You got to put your all into it. And so ever since that day, mm -hmm. he, he definitely is like, okay, I understand why you're exhausted when mm -hmm. you come back. So it's, it's so rewarding and fulfilling that I, I hope um, one day when we open, we do have plans on opening this area to people to visit and sponsor the, the planting of trees and see this native forest that we're preparing because this is 100 acres that we're planting right now. And we have goals of once this parcel is done, we have another parcel set and we would still like to work with other organizations and different land areas that are in conservation to continue to plant and to continue to revive and allow the, the native forest here to return and, and just be a part of our life. Wow. Yeah. So I'm sure Joe has some amazing things if he would like to share too, but mm -hmm. thank you for asking about it because it truly is mm -hmm. my why of why, why I wake up and yeah, that's amazing. That. It's incredible to, you know, just think about all the steps like, yeah, I, I think about that a lot, too. Just, you know, it's Earth Day. Let's plant a tree. Donate a dollar to plant a tree somewhere. Um, and then all the things that go into it, uh, it's a lot. <laughs> so thank you for doing yeah. that. Um, I did want to ask, like, you kind of touched upon it a little bit. But what is, what's, like, the goal of um, once it gets big enough, uh, what what is the forest going to be like once it's, you know, it's not going to take over the whole island, I guess. I imagine um, that might be cool, <laughs> but like what, what is the long term? Like you said, people will come and visit it once you open it. I was wondering if you could elaborate on like, what will it be like once it's, once the forest is back? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Joe can take you through a walking journey of what the forest is like. How's that? Oh, that sounds mm -hmm. wonderful. Mm hmm. Yeah, you know, one of the first things that come to mind when we when we when we really get there is um, this this sense of peace and tranquility, and really being grounded and connected in a way that's so unique, especially for I think for for a lot of us, you know, we we lead kind of an urban life, and here's where you can really like connect with nature in a very unique way <clears throat> and uh you know this this uh this sense of reverence is how i kind of put it you know or, or the hawaiian term is is ihi this sense of ihi that you have while you're there you know to see the birds return you know and these birds are so important to the biodiversity that's being created and, you know, just to hear their song literally all day long. And, and, and really, when you look at who we are, you know, as Kanilea Ukulele, you know, uh, I get it where people say, hey, you guys are planting koa trees so you guys can build more ukuleles. But it has nothing to do with ukuleles, really. You know, I mean, the reality is it is really saving our native forests. And that, that's really at the essence of the mission, is to really preserve and set this area aside to be a native forest. 
you know, I mean, if you really look even at the name of our company, Kanilea, which means joyful sound, is really the middle name of our middle son. Mm -hmm. And his whole middle name, interestingly enough, is Kanileo Kawao Naheleo Pa'i'i. Now, of course, it's one of those 27-letter Hawaiian middle names that has meaning, of course. Mm -hmm. And his name means, which of course is a family name, from the deep forest, a joyful sound is heard, where people go as a source, a source of many things. And really, you know, when you, when you really look at that name and, and understand our, our genealogy or what is called our mo'oku'au and understanding that our ancestors believed in this place, you know, they, um, this, this was the medicine cabinet. You know, there's so many life providing plants, which is called la'au lapa'au in Hawaiian, you know, to, to, to understand that there's a connection with this forest that goes far beyond Joe and Kristen, you know, especially this modern day urban life that we all lead to understand that there is something that our ancestors had understood and really unlocked the keys to life hundreds of thousands of years ago at this point, you know, and they had this belief on how to literally not just survive, but to thrive in the most remote place on the planet. You know, I mean, Hawaii is still this little archipelago that's literally thousands of miles from from any landmass. Mm-hmm. You know, so they really had understood this, this balance or this way of life that we don't want, it, we, we see the importance of this and it, it cannot be forgotten. The fact that there's so much in there that needs to be cared for and needs to be really admired, loved, but more and for more importantly, like cherished or really understanding that without this, there is no us. There is no we as a people, you know, yeah. and how do we translate that? You know, and how do we share the fact that without Earth or without our planet, we don't exist. You know, so really putting that as the reason why we're doing this. And in essence, you know, yes, we're an ukulele builder. And nobody could have predicted, you know, back in 2014, that this is what we would have gotten into, you know, to really understand our planet on a different level and understand the forest in this case and how really it provides life to to everything you know to mm-hmm. to the to the water cycle and how that helps everything um you know um makai of us you know towards the ocean of what we're doing you know and restoring the forest and ensuring that life because water provides life is being provided to everything that is is part of this you know Mm. It's such a, it's such an amazing experience to 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 see the forest return, and to hear the birds and to see the biodiversity that's being created there. That it's, of course, it's koa because koa is an important species, but it's all these other species that Kristen had mentioned, which, you know, now we understand mamane is it's a nit- nitrogen fixing species similar to koa, but it's also the primary food source for the 
for the palila bird. And without that plant, the palila doesn't live. Or ho'ava, and how it is the primary food source for the alala, the native Hawaiian crow, which is literally extinct in the wild. It's only now in, uh, you know, in these in these uh, bird preserves that they're trying to rebuild their population. Right. And when their population is rebuilt to a point where they can have a release, at least we know we've planted the the plant species that's going to allow them to live. You know, so it's all of these really, really cool finer points that when somebody does get a chance to walk and see, mm-hmm. they can experience that it's something much bigger than just Joe and Kristen. The canopy of the koa, you're walking under a koa tree and the clouds are coming in and the mist and you can smell the the trees, the dirt, the mm-hmm. organicness of it. And you're your whole body just goes into this amazing feeling and we've cleared all the rocks on the pathways so people can walk barefoot and you can sit down along the way and sit on a rock or sit on the ground and just get grounded and can feel the leaves in your hand and Mm. the trees Mm. and the bark and look at the different colors and and if the sun is shining you see all the the rays and it's just it's like no other place on earth. Mm-hmm. Sounds magical. Yeah. It sure is. It is. Have you ever heard yeah. of the, the term forest bathing? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what it reminds me of. And I feel like it, it, it might be a new thing, but I th- feel like we've been doing it for a long time. Just when I go through the forest, I just, I, I feel all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Like it's just so grounding. Yeah. It is. And Mm -hmm. once we have our retreats, which we're looking at starting next year now, we got pushed back a little um, for the the area where everyone will have their lessons. But that forest bathing side will be a part of it. The yoga, the the classrooms, we have a lava tube classroom and (laughs) we have the forest classroom and people, I mean, it's it's going to be stunning, and you just get to sit in the forest and learn to play ukulele surrounded by koa trees. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it, it's pretty much the life I want to live. Wonderful, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's okay. special. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing about that. Um, this year, I've been getting a lot more into learning about uh, conservation, and especially how native plants and native animals can have such a big impact. Uh, in so many different ways, like you were mentioning. Um, so it's actually really amazing to me what Reforest Hawaii is building. Um, so we do have to start wrapping up. Um, I would uh, <laughs> I would lava to talk to you all day. I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, what is the best way that people can help Reforest Hawaii? Mm. Uh, by sponsoring the planting of a koa tree or iliahi tree, which is a native Hawaiian plant, or mamaki tree, we have different options online, and they can receive a certificate of planting. They can sponsor the tree in someone's name if they would like. They can simply make a, a cash donation, and we also have apparel, a lot of great apparel. We have water bottles. We have shirts and um. The, my favorite is Aola Koa, which is to live like a koa tree. And there's all of these beautiful phrases that relate to us as people as how we can live like a koa tree. And my favorite that I created 
is to respect each other as each of us are bent in our very own shape. And all of us are different in our own unique way. And we're made perfectly, just like nature is made perfectly. And so the cash donation sponsoring of trees, it's all tax deductible because we're, it's a 501c3 and uh, there's the apparel and just getting everybody involved. And we even have a um, subscription where each month we have donors that are vested and, and they have it on automatic uh, sponsorship oh, Okay. and they don't have to worry about it. They just know that they're doing good and, uh, get to be a part of the project. And so that's how we involve everyone. You can help in other ways too. Just email me with your ideas. And um, as we do need support in everything, um, website and just because it is a nonprofit, it does take a lot of, of manpower and people. And I'd rather be out planting than <laughs> typing newsletters and stuff. So I, t- I, I seem to like to plant more than I mm-hmm. like to, to type. So uh, any help is, is greatly appreciated. Awesome. We love the support. And thank mm-hmm. you for asking, actually. That's a, that's just sharing about it is, is very helpful, too. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, for those that are listening and want to help, I will put all the links to that and anything else that we talked about in the show notes. So, Joe and Kristen, thank you so much. I really want to respect your time. Um, thank you for uh, talking to me today. Is there any last thoughts you want to share before we go? Well, you know, of course, thank you, Abe, for hosting us in this very unique way. Uh, thank you to Craig and Sarah for taking on such a daunting task oh, yeah. of the Ukulele Festival Hawaii. And, you know, of course, thank you to Roy and Kathy for the many, many years that they have provided this ability for we as ukulele players, we as ukulele builders, and we as ukulele lovers to be able to come together and appreciate, yes, the fun and the the enjoyment, but, you know, more importantly, really the, um, the ability to come together and just love ukulele and play and enjoy ukulele. So, you know, thank you to everyone who's behind the scenes, you know, putting all of these pieces together. Because I realized that it takes a team in order for this to really come together in this capacity. The Ukulele Festival Hawaii 51st anniversary. How special. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so mahalo. Mahalo on Nui Law. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. Huge mahalo to my guests and to Craig and Sarah for making this happen. If you want to learn more, check out the links in the show notes. My name is Abe. Thank you for tuning in today, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Until next time, keep on strumming. Thank mm-hmm. you.